Hello and welcome to this edition of our AWS podcast series, Innovation Ambassadors. I'm Sarah Armstrong, and as Senior Manager for Worldwide Prototyping at AWS, along with my AWS co-hosts from around the world, we'll act as your ambassadors to some of the most interesting engagements with our AWS Solutions Architecture prototyping teams. Every episode, we provide you with a roadmap to innovation and technology solutions. We're so glad you joined us on this journey. On this episode of Innovation Ambassadors, we're showcasing the journey of Singapore-based ST Engineering, a global company focused on applying technology and innovation to solve real-world challenges and improve lives across aerospace, smart city, defense, and public security segments. We'll learn about their work with our Envision Engineering prototyping team to build a secure, scalable, and configurable cloud-based control system for their fleet of robots. Well, I'm excited to welcome David Yeo, Head of Solutions Business Development at ST Engineering. Thank you for being with us, David. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. And from AWS, we have Max Kenny, Senior Product Manager for our Envision Engineering prototyping team based out of Australia. Thanks for being here, Max. Thanks, Sarah. Great to be here. Well, David, for our international audience, can you tell us a little bit about ST Engineering? ST Engineering is basically a, uh, a local engineering house here in Singapore. Their business spans um, across uh, different sectors from aerospace, marine, to land system, to digital communication. Part of our business here is um, also building and designing of robots. Basically, what we do is we take robots in and we basically put them in different applications. In the area of uh, particular interest currently is on things like security robots and uh, robots that helps um, in everyday life, like for example, doing the job of sanitization in the area of hospitality. We also do uh, indoor concert robots as well to help the uh, F&B and hospitality sector. Okay, very cool. Tell us, how, how big are these robots? For the outdoor robots, um, they, they are basically um, medium size. I would suppose um, it's about 1.6 meter in terms of height and only about maybe one meter uh, in width and length. For the indoor robots, they are rather smaller in the sense that they are uh, supposed to be able to maneuver in tight spots inside a building. So they are just measuring about maybe 300 by 300. Height-wise, is maybe about 1.5 meter height. And tell us a little bit about uh, how you came to work with Max and his team and what you were trying to achieve with this fleet of robots. The journey started uh, during, in fact, during COVID period. What happened was um, we found ourselves in a situation where our security robot is being widely deployed for COVID centers, uh, for quarantine centers, due to the fact that we did not have enough security officers on the ground to cope with the crisis. So what the robot did was um, they wanted robots to do patrolling and also to deploy in quarantine center. And um, there were fear on the ground during that time that uh, human patrolling the ground may not be safe in a quarantine center. So they decided to use a robot as an alternative. 
The challenge then for us was having to build a command center, which is a uh, uh, basically a backend system to allow video feeds and robot telemetries to come back um, to the backend for operator to observe. During that period, um, shipment was a challenge. Getting the hardware in and building it fast enough was a challenge. So we have then decided that uh, perhaps the best way to do this is to take things into the cloud so that uh, we come up with a system where we can scale up the robot's uh, deployment and also have a flexible system to be able to provide us the possibility of going overseas. So Max, take us through a little bit of the approach that you took when you started working with David and his team. When our team was engaged, we had a rather uh, lengthy deep dive with David and his team to get a really foundational understanding of what the problem was and what success needed to look like. Uh, There were many use cases that were covered in that workshop. They all needed largely the same thing. At its foundation, the robots had to be uh, centrally controlled and all of the data being captured at the edge needed to be able to be centrally stored and analyzed for multiple customers. The use case that we that we focused on in the workshop was uh, these robots being deployed in parks. And the problem was that across the board, the limiting factor in scaling was the way the robots were being controlled, which uh, when we started the workshop was a laptop in a suitcase effectively. Uh, and those deployments were limited to three robots per fleet. So that obviously limited the the impact these these robots could have as good as it was. Uh, and and cloud was was the answer to help them scale beyond that limitation and unlock that that next tier of growth for the business. I understand, David, that the use case that you had was deploying these robots in a park that could help find, reunite lost children with their parents uh, for these very large parks that you have in Singapore. Is that right? Yes, that is uh, one of the use cases that we deploy security robot in large events um, in general. So things like um, our national days, um, the F1 events, uh, New Year countdowns, if you like. We also look out for things like unattended bags during the events. We also have a system that is able to perform facial recognition where we could actually load up a um, face of a known person and to be able to pick up this face in the cloud. Okay, and so I'm sure in these instances that security is a really important element of what you were looking for in a solution, is that right? Yes, um, for the purpose of the nature of the security robot, we wanted a system that is robust in terms of security, physical-wise, as well as um, cybersecurity-wise. So we were looking for a cloud service that can provide both of these. So Max, take us through a little bit of the architecture. How did you architect this secure, scalable system? The way the team approached uh, architecting the solution uh, started at the way customers were logically separated. If, if SD Engineering have central control of, of their solution that's then spanned out to their customers, they needed to have a, a really secure way of, of knowing that each customer was logically separated and controlling its own fleet of robots with no crossover. And the way that was implemented was through deploying a multi-account strategy. So we actually had whole, whole separate accounts that were communicating between one another to make sure that SD Engineering's customers and all their data were, were kept in 
uh, safe and secure enclaves that weren't going to cross barriers that were unintended. Uh, and that worked really well. To control the robots, we had Greengrass running as an interface layer between uh, the robots on the ground and then all of their shadow states being published uh, and received by a central hub in the cloud, pushing to a static front end that surfaced uh, what the uh, the robots were doing and also received real-time video from the robots through Kinesis video streams uh, to surface that in the UI as well. So controllers of robots were able to log into the solution and see cameras from all of the robots at one time to get a really good understanding of, of what was happening. And then to facilitate the identification of objects, so David mentioned unattended bags or the faces of children that parents had lost or other people of interest in a crowd we were able to send static uh, images from the video feeds on the robot through to the cloud for analysis later on. So we had a few different data streams coming in and it worked really well. It was it was really scalable. We used serverless technologies, so you kind of get scalability out of the box. And all of the the great security practices and, and, and protocols that are in place with um, with the way those services are architected. Usually we often talk in this podcast about the fact that in innovation and experimentation often come with pain points or obstacles that we have to overcome. Were there pain points here or challenges that uh, didn't work quite the way you thought they would? For our team, one of the biggest challenges was, of course, having confidence that the solution we were creating was doing what it needed to. When we started this engagement with SD Engineering, COVID was really kicking off in our part of the world and that precluded our ability to be able to be on the ground with the customer, making sure that the robots were, were doing what they needed to. So that made it really tricky to prove that our solution could scale and also to have confidence that the robots were performing the way they were intended. So the way we, we approached that was we built a simulator now using Gazebo, which is a very popular robotics simulation tool. And we were able to place robots in that simulated environment that mocked all the actions that the SD engineering robots perform. And we were able to deploy them into these virtualized environments so that we could make sure that the robots in that simulator were acting as the robots on the ground. And that was one approach that we took and we were able to prove scalability uh, was solved using that tool. I think we had 20 mock robots rolling around trying not to, not to hit each other at one point. So that worked really well. But we wanted to go beyond that and test the physical sense of, of the robot doing what they're intended to. And the way we tackled that was uh, we each built, so each member of the team built a PiBot. It looks like a small remote control car, but it's hooked up to a Raspberry Pi mounted on top and all the sensors to feed that Raspberry Pi, the same information that ST Engineering's robots have. And we were using those on the demo with David and his team each week when we were showing what we had done each sprint. Uh, and it was really fun. We had um, all these robots, you know, that they were spread across Australia and we were controlling them centrally from the cloud solution and all the video streams were coming back in in real time and we were flashing up our work badges with our photos on them and it was capturing them and saying, hey, there's Max and you know, there, there are the other team members. It was, it was actually quite fun. And that was all being witnessed by David and his team in a different country. So I think it was a really good uh, approach to solve the imposed social distancing, so to say, of us working directly with ST Engineering. 
And David, was that physical element of this engagement an important aspect for you to evaluate how the services and technology that Max and his team were helping build out would actually meet your needs? During the proof of concept stage, we did have the opportunity to be able to witness what Max have shared in terms of his simulation. We were happy with the fact that things were able to be implemented um, in actual real-world terms. We actually later migrate the whole entire system into the actual robots and we get to see how all the systems that were put together during simulation uh, works in the real-world environment at the ro- in the robot uh, in Singapore. Fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit, David, about where we are now. You mentioned that you took the solution that Max and his team had created on these PyBots and simulated environment and now have applied it to the robots in your facility there. What's next on the agenda here? So immediately right after we ended the uh, POC uh, with Max team, we started to embark on a production version of the Cloud FMS. And uh, we are now at a stage where we are at a handing over period. We are hoping that we will do a, uh, a launch very soon. We have already done one soft launch in one of the SD engineering events recently in Singapore. We had a very good review from the visitors who visited our booth. And they were amazed that there are real application and real working software that could actually control robots via the cloud. It's so gratifying, isn't it, when uh, the hard work that you do and build, you actually can see come to fruition and realize in the real world, yeah? Yes, that's right. Because a lot of what we did previously was more or less a paper exercise. And to be able to see how we can take this paper exercise to a real working system is very gratifying. And that's uh, something that the team are very proud of now. And Max, you got the opportunity to see a little bit of this when you visited Singapore last, is that right? Yeah, we sure did. We were in Singapore recently and um, we made a point of, of meeting up with David and he invited us to the SC Engineering facility and we were surprised when we got there because we found robots on the ground, rolling around, identifying us as people uh, and they were all being controlled by the solution that we had initially created that had been uh, enhanced and, uh, and hardened. And they had new types of data feeds coming in. They had thermal imaging and a whole bunch of other great um, sources of, of information. It was so nice to see, you know, V2 of, of what we had worked together on initially. It was, it was really exciting. And I think, you know, as, as part of that demo, we also saw that ST Engineering had identified a means to use the data being captured by the solution and stored as a log as a great way to start building a machine learning model around predictive maintenance opportunities for managing their robots, uh, which was a whole new benefit from the solution. Not only are they planning to roll this solution out uh, with their existing customers that are using their robots, but they've had requests since for new customers that are an unaddressed market where customers are asking for access to the cloud-based solution to help manage their own fleets of robots, which is a whole new vertical to move into. Uh, and I think really exciting uh, to see the now, the risk taken in innovating and, and driving forward into uncharted territory, really helping SD Engineering establish itself as a leader in this industry. 
David, that sounds exciting. Uh, you set out to address your own challenges with scalability and being able to manage your own fleet and expanding that out to a broader audience must be exciting for the business. Yes, it is. In fact, this has always been the aim of the team to grow the business beyond just providing um, robots. And now we are now looking at um, looking at services that we can provide beyond just uh, the physical robot. Well, I want to thank you, David and Max, for being on the program and sharing your journey with us. I'm wondering if you had any reflections as you look back that you might want to share with listeners about who might be embarking on their own journey to the cloud. I think dare to dream, dare to do uh, what uh, you dream of and don't let um, anybody say otherwise, you know, because for us, uh, it is a uh, journey where we started to look at robots, but then we started to dream what we can do beyond just the physical robots. We believe in what we envision for the future, basically getting the right partner in to help us grow out this uh, solution is um, just as critical. How about you, Max? What were your reflections? It's really rewarding because seeing the solutions that our team create get taken forward and, and be utilized by customers in, in the real world is really proof that we were working on the right problem and worked together to drive a successful result. I think in business today, it's it's everything is so is so fast-paced and it's very easy to get stuck in uh, the day-to-day operations. And I think if, as business leaders, you uh, fail to look to the horizon and think, you know, where, where do we need to be? Uh, what else do we need to be doing? And how can we use technology in different ways to help us get there faster in a more efficient means? You leave yourself exposed to being disrupted. And I think uh, having the confidence to, to decide where you need to be uh, in your industry is a really powerful thing. And then choosing, you know, why is this challenging? Where is the first step that we need to establish here and how can we get there? And staying laser focused on that on that immediate goal and then giving the business confidence to continue to invest and take those subsequent steps is really important. So the technology exists today. It's just a matter of how can you use it in your business to get the result you're after. Well, thank you, David and Max, for being with us today. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Max. Thanks, David. Thanks, Sarah. Always a pleasure. I'd like to thank our listeners for coming on today's journey with us. Innovation Ambassadors is a production of the AWS Media Series. Look for future episodes of our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite streaming platform. If you have ideas for future episodes or comments on this one, send us a tweet at hashtag AWS Innovation Ambassadors and share your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you.